Football is about the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Blue 58! Blue 58! Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! 28, Baker Bruce! It's time to get out the chalkboard and diagram some plays. Here's where it all starts right here. Let's play! G-Money Christmas! What the hell's going on out here? This is Inside Football with former Colts and NFL coach Rick Venturi. Let's do it again. Welcome inside Inside Football with Rick Venturi as we tape this here at Grand Park. I'm Matt Taylor. Grand Park, the site of Colts training camp, brought to you by Corson Fire and Security. And we're here to talk with Rick Venturi. Step inside that noggin, his expertise. Almost 30 years patrolling the sidelines in the NFL on the coaching side. And again, we're taping this on Wednesday, which means the Colts only have one more day of practice, one more day of training camp. That'll be Thursday. It's still open to the uh, public if you want to come out. Grab your tickets online, colts.com slash camp to grab those. And then after tomorrow, it'll be an off day on Friday for the Colts, a little bit of a walkthrough day. Uh, The kickoff luncheon is scheduled for noon, I believe, on Friday uh, downtown at the JW Marriott. And then it is full steam ahead. Preseason game number three, the preseason finale, Colts and Buccaneers uh, Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. And the plan is for the starters to play roughly a half in the preseason finale. So we'll get into all of that. But, Rick, good to see you, man. I feel like we talked about this earlier, but it just seems like, I mean, it's been five weeks, I know that, but it just seems like yesterday camp started and now it's basically over. Yeah, there's that great anticipation and you feel like it takes forever to get here. And then once you open training camp, it's over in a New York minute. And yeah. I've always felt that way. You know, the first two weeks you kinda you're kinda coaching and teaching and then once you get into the preseason games, bam, you go. Now, the difference today and what it used to be in my day is the two full weeks that you have to get ready for Houston. I think that's I think that's a good thing in many ways. One it allows you with a nick type of injuries to mm-hmm. get them healthy, and it gives you a chance to really prepare for Houston. You actually have two weeks. Yeah, it's weird not having that final preseason game on Labor Day weekend. Let's go back to the Lions game, that second game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Rick, I know you're high on the quarterbacks. They played well, and I know you're also high on those receivers that showed out. You got Desmond Patman and Mike Strawn. Tell me why you're so high on those guys. Well, I think this was – I think you have to evaluate last week – and Frank, I think, has done a good job of it as a week completely because the two practices were really for the benefit of the veterans. So I think you have to throw the whole team and not just Saturday night. I thought that Matt Ryan on Wednesday against the Detroit was elite. Mm-hmm. I thought he ran the show, his accuracy, there were wow plays in there. We just, just exactly what we wanted. I thought Foles in the game – I, I thought that his body clock was quicker. I thought he was really deliberate, almost to the point of being slow in the uh, Buffalo game. I thought he was much quicker, okay. decisive. It came out. And, of course, you know, basically Ellinger is our MVP <laughs> of the summer again. I mean, the kid is the most ideal preseason quarterback because, A, he can get out of trouble even if he's playing with an inferior line. He can erase that. Yeah. And then he does a good job of getting – of. of of really getting guys open downfield by extension. And so, I mean, he was tremendous. Uh, I, again, he's throwing the ball on the short stuff extremely well. Just like last summer, he avoids and gets the ball deep, but it's mostly on avoidal plays. The only thing we don't see, the only thing I've never seen with Ellinger 
it, maybe it just doesn't come up, is those intermediate ends at 15 where you really have to muster the ball, which you see, uh, which you see Matt do and you see the top quarterbacks. But, again, he's been Mr. August. He's been our MVP. I thought the receivers had a really good week. Pittman has been outstanding from day one. He, obviously, Matt is so comfortable with him. I mean, it's it's almost distorted <laughs> oh, yeah. how many balls he's caught in team compared to everybody else. And it's twice I, as many. I, I, at least, at yeah. least, it just seems like every other ball. Uh, but I thought he was good, and I, I also thought that Pierce had a really good day Wednesday. He finally, he finally, finally got Gilmore off of his back, <laughs> and he got he got normal corners, and I thought he was good. He showed us that he could climb the defense. Mm-hmm. He made a great circus catch in the red zone. Um, you know, in the game, I thought I was really happy because he caught the ball and, and got a first down where they could have gotten him down. He showed a little physicality. And what, you're, what you see in these limited things with a rookie is you, what you want to see is the – the highlight tape. You want you want to see the isolation. Can he do this? He's showing me he can go deep. He's running the tree better. He can make the difficult catch. And then he ran for the first down the other day. So right. I think we had a really good day. And then you, when you go down and you have Strawn and Patman have the big day. I mean, that, that was really important because, you know, that battle for four, five, six is so critical, as you know. And, um, you know, I thought, of course – I've always been a strong guy. I was really high on him. I, I, I was more hyperbole last summer at this time. I won't do it. <clears throat> I just think he has great talent. I just think his ceiling is so good. He runs. He plays so easy. He's got really good hands, and he has that rare girth and size. And, you know, it's overrated, but he has that catch radius. Now, where that's really important is, like you saw in a game, when you get down into that high and low red zone, Right, it's not about speed there. No. It's about body control, a little bit of push off. And then Padman really reminds me of kind of a poor man's Pittman. He's very much like Pittman. He's a possession guy, but he can make the catch. I think he's going to be reliable. So, I mean, I thought overall quarterbacks and receivers took a big step forward into Detroit week. If yeah. you go from, you know, you go from Buffalo to the end of the Detroit game, I thought that was a big step forward. It was actually good to see Paris today. This was Paris Campbell's best day out here th- this very day. So I think we're I think the arrow's pointing up there. Staying on offense, still there some reservations maybe at the left tackle position. Matt Pryor started the game against the Lions. Frank Reich has has declared him the starter going into the regular season week one against the Houston Texans. What about Pryor? What about that position? Still gives you a little bit of pause. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I'm not concerned about the running game because Pryor <clears throat> is a road raider. I mean, wherever you put Pryor, <clears throat> whether you put him at guard, a tackle, he can he can really run block. And with Key and Q next to one another and Jonathan behind him, I think the running game is fine. The only thing that I worried, and I saw it, I it, it, it he only played a handful of plays in the game, but right. <clears throat> on Wednesday – he struggled a little bit with Chuck Harris on basically big counter moves, inside moves <clears throat> that takes athleticism. And so, you know, I'm a little concerned there. Uh, you know, he'll probably start the season, and that's really based on experience. I, I think Ryman is really coming. I mean, I think that he's, um, you know, I mean, I think he will be there inevitably. I think he'll be the starter. I think at this point, prior, you're going to go with him based on experience and being in the game. I don't think it's a big deal going into Houston. 
I think it will be a bigger deal with Jacksonville. Jacksonville has really good young edge guys in the new in the new kid Walker, you know, in Allen and in Key. I mean, they've got guys that can play off the edge. So the left tackle position game two is going to be really critical. And then thereafter, I when I look at the offensive line right now, what I see, Matt, is I see six guys – I think I can play with, okay? And that yeah, because if, De- if Dennis Kelly's still banged up a yes, little bit, yeah. there, there are no healthy offensive linemen right now currently that have started a game in the regular season. That's exactly right. So what I see is I see Ryman, I see Ryman in the six-man rotation. I see him, even though he's got a ways to go, I see the talent level starting left tackle. I see in the beginning, early here, I see Danny Pinter, and I see Pryor happen to be the versatility guy. So, you know, I'm glad that they've worked those guys this week. Mm-hmm. Basically, they put Ryman in and moved Pryor to right tackle and Smith to right guard. Because I think – in the cross-training. Be- yeah, in the beginning, yeah. I think the versatility has to come out of Pryor and Pinner because you don't want to move Ryman around. You want to you let that rookie just settle in. He's got a lot to learn, period. And so Pryor is a guy that can back you up every place but center, and Pinner can back you up in all three positions – inside there so right and then probably number seven in my eyes at this time is fries you know Bo, and he's playing both guard center so i think he to me he's the he's the second guy in the rotation off the bench and then we have to let it play out that's why this second half uh against tampa will be huge for french and all the rest of the guys and again kelly i just haven't seen him so i right. I, I thought kelly was a good addition I thought he's an ideal swing tackle in this league. I've seen him play a lot, and so we just haven't had the luxury of seeing him. Well, you, you brought up seven, though. But the problem is you need more than seven. You do. Right? No, so, I no. Mean, it's, are, the, it's, are the Colts possibly in line for uh, watching the waiver? I think that, you know, knowing Chris Ballard and knowing this franchise, we're going we're gonna to look every single day of the year to see if we can make the team better. So there is no day that we're not looking at the waiver wire, period. But I think, and we'll get into this in a minute, I think the two areas that, and maybe three areas, but two areas that I'm definitely looking at what's available is interior line backup, okay, and defensive interior line backup. I mean, those two positions to me have not turned me on at all. Like we could, I mean, you can play a preseason game with those guys, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody in there who just knocks me out as a starter in the National well, Football Well, let's League. go to that defensive line uh, in interior backup conversation because you had, what, 174 yards allowed on the ground to yeah, Detroit. Yeah. I know it's a preseason game, but the Colts are still giving up 119 rushing yards per game through Buffalo and Detroit. Also, in the secondary, they've allowed 72% completion percentage, which I know the high completion percentage allowed the last couple of regular seasons has been an issue. I mean, preseason numbers, obviously, you really can't get too much into the weeds, but the numbers are what the numbers are. Are you worried, or is it just preseason? No, Matt, that's that's a good point. And and again, I'll, I'll evaluate it uh, based on every day in practice, looking at our ones sure. and not just the preseason. The preseason game so far, they've kind of – they haven't been significant in that Buffalo didn't play their ones, and then last week we didn't play at all. So you, you really have to go more on my gut feel and practice and, you know, take it to the Detroit practices. But I feel like with our, with our starters on defense, with our regulars – We've looked good against the pass and good against the pass rush and good with the pass rush. To me, we have been improved on that critical area. Okay, 
there's been a big difference in the one secondary and right now the two secondary, particularly without Rodgers, because you're really you're really playing with your fifth, sixth, and seventh corners now. Okay, and I think our backup safeties are damn good. I mean, I think our, our, I think our top three safeties. You can go to the bank with those guys. I think you know. I think I think, and I think Cross uh, and Blackman are are going to be superstars. Honestly, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's a big disparity between the ones and the twos. And, of course, we're looking at the twos all day. Now, there is one concern that I have, and this goes across the board. This goes to our ones as well. I haven't felt that we have looked physical versus the run from day one. Even when our defense was getting the best of our offense in pads, there were a lot of runs that were cracking that kind of go unnoticed because – what you know? What everybody tends to yeah, focus on. You're getting on. after the quarterback. Yeah, getting after yeah. the quarterback. You know, this was the percentage today. Right. You know, we knocked this down. We got this interception. But I have felt like from day one that we haven't been really that good on the run. And so, that's that's the first that, team that, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm right? talking about everybody. Yes, yeah. I'm not. They, the 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 second team was horrendous. I mean, uh, Sunday it was horrendous. I mean, they they, yeah. didn't, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, to be honest with you, it was awful. But I have not felt that good about our first team. Now, I, I hope I'm wrong because there's talent there. The one guy I think has been terrific, which is kind of counter to my argument, has been uh, Grover Stewart. I, I think he's the most underrated. We talked about that last week a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, when he's in there, you're a hell of a lot better inside. You know, we're a little light on the edges, you know. So, And our linebackers are a little bit light. They're very athletic. So we have to prove that, you know. And – we will get tested by Houston, and that's why I hope Tampa comes in and plays all their top guys. Whether they play Brady or not, that's you know that's up for grabs. But I want this to be a one-on-one scrimmage. So yeah. I, I would like, to, to use your term, I would like this to be a barometer half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are going to play their starters. Still, not, I've been sniffing around. I can't, I can't, I can't tell yet if, uh, if Tampa Bay is going to follow suit. And, of course, Tom Brady misses 10, 11 days, and there's always speculation on whether or not he's going to play. But at the end of the day, does he need to play? Well, that's up for debate. Yesterday, Frank Wright gave us an update on Shaq Leonard and told us that he's probably not going to go on PUP, but that doesn't mean he would still be ready for the regular season. He would still need a couple of weeks of ramp-up period to get ready to play, get acclimated, considering he missed most of the OTAs, most of the spring, and then hasn't practiced yet here in training camp. If he's not ready to go by week one, Rick, how ready is EJ Speed? to fill that void is it ej or is it somebody else in your opinion well right now it looks like the staff favors in this order okara k1 uh zaire franklin two and speed three Mm -hmm. i i i don't think we can afford to keep speed off the field and and that's no that's no slam on franklin i think franklin is really tough and a good linebacker and i think we're fortunate to have three very good athletic linebackers Smart guys, athletic guys, range. So I'm not, you know, as much as I'd love to have Leonard for the turnover value, I'm not. I'm also not in the tank because of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think we have three really good guys. I just think that speed, and this is this will sound like hyperbole. I I think he's the most talented of all of them. Okay, now he doesn't have the football background that they all. So he's still they're still with him even a learning process going on in there. But I see him explosive. I mean, when he hits somebody, it's really physical. You know, which Adams has. 
But then I see him cover guys like Okereke. So, I mean, it's, you know, again, he has it all. I'm very confident if we play with those guys. You know, the biggest thing we have to prove, as I said, it kind of goes back to our last conversation there, is we've got to prove we can stop direct runs right at us. Yeah. Right at yeah. us. And in, in Houston, the Pierce kid is from Florida is really looking good in the summertime. And he in Mac, they can take it. Yeah, Marlon Mack there, they, too. And they're going to try to establish the running game to help the quarterback. So, I mean, that that is the biggest key. But you're – for your question on speed, I love speed. I have no. I, he's one of my favorite players on this team. I want to double back to the offense. You you talked about Mike Strawn, and, and last year, sort of were attracted to him in the yep. sense that he's so yep. talented. He's got a lot of traits, a lot of attributes. Has he done enough to this point to flash and, and make the roster? Because he missed the first ten practices. He's going to have two preseason games under his belt in roughly a week and a half. Is that enough time for you? It is for me because of what I see and what I see the upside. If if it were my team, if I owned the team, he would be number five right now. You're gonna you'd have your you'd have your your top two. Obviously, Pittman. I mean, I, I, I sometimes I don't I don't think Ryan thinks anybody else is on the field. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, he's just, no, literally, he's, yes, he twice as many every catches. Pass. But uh, I think Pittman has a great camp. I think I'm I'm very happy with Pierce on the outside. Um, great to see Paris do a little bit. I think that's the guy that we haven't seen much of, but we know his talent is there. I think Doolin has had a really good camp. I think that would be your top four. And then I would probably, because I'm a high side guy, I think when you compare him and Patman, there's a lot of similarities, and Patman may be more reliable, you know, at this point. I see Patman kind of as a poor man's Pittman. Yeah. Uh, physical. Um, not that fast, but you know, you know, just tough inside, can catch the ball really well, and can do those things. I don't think he'll ever be a separator. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but I see Strawn with special tools. I see him bringing something that we don't have. Maybe Pittman has it, but really we don't have it other than that. And that is that 50-50 guy. You saw that. Now, don't get me wrong. Sam put it in the basket. But that was a terrific on that corner route for the touchdown. He showed that size, that length, little bit of push off, but you, he did it well. well. What is what is the difference? Forgive me for asking, but what is what is the difference between Patman and Strawn in that regard going up to get the 50-50 ball? Because they're both really yeah. kind of six five two twenty five, right? Yeah, I, I I think I think there's two things that would sep- that separate them from me. Yeah, and it may it may not to the staff. Okay, <clears throat> one. I think I think even though they on the on the, on the platform they're the same. Strawn has more length. Mm-hmm. I mean, Strawn Strawn is like and he he looks like an octopus out yeah. there. I mean, he's got so much length. Uh, he's a natural catcher, but the thing that he has, I think, is a smoother and a faster gait. You know, now don't get me wrong. He builds speed. He's He's like our he's like our girl Lara. He was a four hundred meter person, so he he builds speed a little bit, and I'd like to see him get a little bit more explosive off the mark. But I see the smoothness and the speed and the little bit extra length as the advantage. Before we close out and I'm put you on the hot seat, let's pretend for a second this table right here has all of the data on it. We've watched all the film, Rick. It's time now to whittle this roster down from 81 guys to 53. Let's pretend it's 4 o'clock next Tuesday, August 30th. Let's go on offense first. If you were a coach, 
and you were examining this roster, give me some guys. Who are some guys that you're campaigning for on offense? This guy has to make the team, and here's why. Well, on offense, I, I, you know, the, the question to me inherently is asking me, the, you know, kind of the end of the roster guys, mm-hmm. not, not the top guys. If I were campaigning, and this, this is Rick Venturi, I don't, I don't know that the staff sees it like me. First of all, I'd be campaigning like hell for Strawn. Okay, I'd be campaigning like hell for Strawn. Um, I would be uh, campaigning for us to really search the waiver wire for interior offensive linemen okay. and maybe a tight end, not necessarily a tight end to come in. We may just carry three to start with, which is okay with me. Right. I would also be campaigning for Deion Jackson. Okay, I there's a lot of running backs in the mix. I like Jackson since the day he's been here. Um, I think Lindsey definitely is a keeper, but I, I see Lindsey more as a Hines type back, and I see Dion more as a Taylor type back. Really? Yes. And that, and now nobody's Taylor. So we're, first of all, do you mean do you mean Jackson's sort of your insurance package? Kind of. I think Jackson is more of a um, C gap to C gap if you need to bend the pile guy. I think Lindsey is like a pocket full of miracles. He's all Just go. fast, go quick, sure. you know, catch the ball in space and go. <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I think he's small, and, he, you know, he is small, and that is an issue. So, and, ja- you know, Jackson can catch the ball. He can do a lot of things. So I would, I would, be, I would be lobbying for him. And, you know, then, I, you know, there, there's nothing special other than that. You know, I mean, I, again, uh, and, you know, you, you probably – you know, I, I, it's just it's just interesting down the line. You got you got guys like Patman, who I don't know. I probably could still sneak him in on the practice squad. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it, but but that that roster to me is not that hard to cut right now. Particularly losing, you know, losing the the the, the tight end, losing Ogletree. You yeah. know that now you're probably three tight ends, four running backs, and six receivers or five probably five and then you're you know offensive line now you're gonna you're gonna either bring that's why i think you could if you get somebody off the waiver wire you can afford you know to maybe get a couple guys and get them ready in a couple weeks all right what about defense who are some guys on defense that if you were making those tough calls these guys have to stay yeah it is it isn't a tough call because i i think they've established themselves speed definitely you know i'd be making <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'd be making the argument for speed to be in the starting lineup. Yeah. regardless, I don't. No, I don't think DJ we, Speed's going to be I, here. I don't think we can afford to. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm lobbying for him on a different level. I'm, I don't think sure. we can afford to not have him on the field. Be honest with you. Um, the guy that I I really like and I would be lobbying for um, is uh, a, a Denny Bow. Okay. 59. Yeah, 59. Yeah, I think a Fadi, a I, I think the way I look at our sometimes I should say the way I look at our team. I look at our team as a rotation of five right now. Now, what happened to Quiddy today, we don't know. But if, if Quiddy is healthy, then it's, to me, the fifth guy, and he's interchangeable, is Lewis. I, I, I mean, I think those five guys are NFL guys that can make an impact. Then you have Adeniabo as my best next edge rusher. And then probably Dayo as my next, Dayo as my next interior guy. So, you know, I right there, you know, I'm at I'm at what seven, mm-hmm. and so then 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 we'll just have to see. You know, we'll just have to see. 
there's been guys flash. I probably if I kept and didn't make any moves, Johnson would be my eighth guy. Eric Johnson, yeah, as the nose, as the backup. No, kind of the backup solid guy. Yeah. A uh, um, Dangbo Dio as the extra inside rusher, you know, and then. Uh, the kid from Northwestern 59. 59. I'm having trouble with yeah. him today. Just call, just call him the Wildcat. <laughs> I'm, I'm having trouble with him today for some reason. I didn't have. I had no trouble in the game, but when the two old boys and you're yeah. talking about them and they were they're in a, in a lot together. That's yeah. crazy. You got Dio Adengbo yeah. and Fadi Adeniabo. And then, uh, you know, I personally, the other guy I would be lobbying for, and I think it's a battle between him and Doman. But I would be lobbying for Weatherford. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Again, I see Weatherford kind of like speed. I see him with tremendous upside. I see him with a guy that can be a starter someday. I thought he did a good job getting down on on the on the kicks. Um, and uh, you know, along with that, Doman will be back, so that'll be a battle in that second half. They'll be fighting for their lives for that extra linebacker spot on the on the on the bottom of the roster. And then um, I think the safety position is set. Because Watts is a special teams guy. Our top three are really good. Doman, uh, not uh, uh, Denbo, who Trevor Denbo. who was the punter today, yeah. um, is a uh, to me he's a bang up special teams guy, but not really that good a safety. So it, it's a question: Would you be able to keep him for special teams? You know, I mean, can I work that out? I like him a lot, I, and particularly on special teams, he's a he's yeah. a hunter. Okay, yeah. now. The corner position after Rodgers, you got your four guys, and then you got a lot of guys that are alike. Okay, Chesley and Tony Brown are very much alike. Okay, okay. they're they they played well in the preseason. They can both play nickel. They can both play corner. I like Chesley a little bit better, although Tony had a really good game, except he couldn't find the, the ball on the, yeah. on the touchdown. Chesley did find the ball in the touch on the red zone and made that play. And Chesley has actually had quality snaps for us under pressure. So that, to, to me, that's a battle. I think the best talented young kid, but I don't think he's ready, is Flowers, mm-hmm. number 30. I think he's the most talented, but he's a corner, probably a practice squad guy, and, and, he, and he doesn't have the versatility to go inside. So I, that, that you, once you get into that, that five, six, they all – you got to be. You have to have versatility, and you got to be a hell of a special teams. Where guy. Where are you with Curtis Brooks? I really, you know, Curtis has had a quiet. He was. I actually liked him better than Johnson because I think, you know, seven and a half sacks at Cincy is a big deal. I mean, I, but it just he hasn't been able for some reason to show it. Okay, McIntosh has actually been better if you if, if you want to go over yeah. the entire practices. I think Brooks has it. I, it's, it just he hasn't been able to really just put it together in a training camp as much as I thought he would. Right. You know, regardless of how this happens, you, you've been through this so many times as a coach. I mean, you're going to cut 20 plus guys and they've been busting their ass for you for five plus months since the start of April. And uh, everybody's out here trying to, to live their NFL dreams. How, how tough is this weekend uh, or I should say next Tuesday when the cuts are made? How, how tough is it on the coaches to part ways with these guys when they've just poured their heart and soul for you? Yeah, there's two levels to this, Mac, Matt. And I think that I, I think that the toughest part of it are the position coaches. The guys who really get close, the teachers, the guys that share that room every single day, 
and who really bond and motivate these kids and see every little thing they do. And you're pulling for those. You're pulling for every guy in your room. I, th- I think it's difficult. Where it's really difficult, though, is when you've had someone that has been with you for long periods of time and you've been to war with, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a veteran who maybe is at the end and can't do it anymore, and you have to make that cut. That is the tough one. No question about it. Well, we'll see what happens as the Colts get ready for Saturday night, preseason game number three, and then roster cuts Tuesday of next week. Rick, awesome as always, man. It's been a pleasure here at uh, at training camp, and we'll do it again next week, and then the week after that, game planning for the Houston Texans. Yeah, we sure week will. One. one more game of TV, and then we'll be back in that, <laughs> we'll be back in that radio booth together. <laughs> you got it. Rick Venturi right there on the TV broadcast, Fox 59 locally to see the broadcast kick off on Saturday set for 7.30, and of course you can listen to the game locally in Indianapolis on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan, and the sister station 97.1 Hank FM. For the latest on the Colts, you're in the right place. Check us out, Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can check up on the Colts on your schedule. For Rick Venturi, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for listening to Inside Football. We'll talk to you next week.